0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of Saint Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in episode 94, and again, we're looking at Revelation chapter 11. And today, we're going to try to figure out Who are these two witnesses? And as I mentioned last episode, on the surface, Revelation chapter 11 looks kind of easy, but it's actually rather difficult. But let's get right to the text, Revelation 11, starting with verse 3. And I will grant my two witnesses power to prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands which stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, he is doomed to be killed. They have power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth. These are very reminiscent of some of the plagues which went on during the time of Moses. And the question is, who are these two witnesses, these special witnesses? And there are two general options. Option A, these are two individuals. Option B, which you may not have heard much of before, but actually a lot of good Commentators on the Book of Revelation actually believe this uh, option B. It's talking about the entire church's prophetic witness throughout history. Again, option A. These are just two individuals, and I guess I guess under option A, you would, you would say it could either be Enoch or Elijah, two men in the old. Testament that we read never experienced death, that were taken straight into heaven, or some believe it was Enoch and Moses, um, or some combination of other individuals. There's a lot of different combinations of two individuals, or it's the church's prophetic witness through history. Now, it says that these two witnesses prophesy for 1,260 days, Last time I showed you how this time period, 1,260 days, also the same period mentioned as 42 months or three and a half years, is mentioned in the next chapter. And the next chapter, it's speaking about the woman, Mary, having a male child who's to rule all the nations, that's Jesus. Her child was caught up to God and his throne, That was Daniel 7, the ascension of Jesus into heaven, to a place prepared by God, and then she, the church, is nourished for 1,260 days. It seems from Revelation chapter 12, the two verses I just read to you, that this 1,260 days could apply to the entire time of the church, because the entire time of the church between the time of Jesus' ascension into heaven and his second coming are the last days. And on the other hand, there are places in the book of Revelation where this 42-month period seems to be a very intensive period, this last half of the Great Tribulation, which has very intensive persecution by the Antichrist and the false prophet and all that type of thing going on. So which is it, Two individuals or the church's prophetic witness through history? My very definitive answer is I do not know, but here's my best guess. I lean towards A because it's just been believed by so many for so many centuries of the church, but in doing so I don't want to lose sight of that ongoing prophetic witness of the church throughout the ages. I think that is exceedingly important, and uh, I'm just gonna tell it like it is. I believe we have lost sight of that. If there are these two individuals that will be prophesying in the last three and a half years of human history, they will represent a long string prophetic witnesses in the church of Jesus Christ for all of the centuries preceding them. I don't think you can divorce these two. You know, in the early church, there was ample room made for prophets, for the active role of prophets in the church. There's a document that we have called the Didache, and unfortunately the <laughs> title throws a lot of people, but the Didaskalos in Greek, simply means teaching or teacher. This is the teaching. This was the teaching, the practical teaching of the apostles, and the ink of the New Testament was barely dry when the Didache was written. This is one of the earliest documents we have, perhaps the earliest, from the early church. And they were following the apostolic command by making room for prophets in the church. And there was a lot of practical advice on how do you tell a true prophet from a phony? And the idea wasn't to get rid of prophets, but to but to be able to discern the real from the fake. And by doing this, they were following apostolic commands. Because Saint Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter five and verse nineteen do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying or forbid prophesying, but Test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. In other words, don't put out the Spirit's fire because of some wackos or some fakes or or some money grabbers, but discern, but don't turn it off. And if I just need to say this, I believe there isn't much room in today's Catholic Church for prophets. Uh, the voice has, many have attempted to turn that voice down. Now, I realize that many of those making the pronouncements and writing these for the USCCB uh, think they're making prophetic announcements by publishing these statements, but, you know, as a convert, They seem to me strikingly similar to the editorials in the New York Times and the pronouncements of liberal professors at secular universities are hardly prophetic. If you want a modern prophet, or I should say prophetess, look at Mother Angelica. The cardinal, who spent $660 million to avoid being convicted of covering up clergy sex abuse, tried to silence her and EWTN. He went to extraordinary measures, to the USCCB, to her bishop, to the Vatican, put all types of pressure trying to silence Mother Angelica, who was speaking truth that the church needed to hear. A lot of people are so heartbroken over the situation that the church is in, and one of the reasons the church is in the situation it's in is that we've turned down the volume of prophets. We haven't made room for the prophets, the correcting voice, when we need to hear it. Instead, we, need, we try to silence the prophets or the prophetesses instead of those who are covering up clerical sex abuse. Here's another one. There was a document published by the USCCB entitled, Always Our Children, And anybody who has read that, it was obviously the work of homosexual-friendly individuals, and it's basically telling Catholic parents that it's okay when your kids come out and say they're homosexual, and of course, they're not going to be recommending Dr. Nicolosi and reparative therapy. But the Catholic Medical Association—and these are good, solid, faithful Catholic men—Catholic Medical Association came out with a critique of Always Our Children. And do you know a Catholic radio network would not approve of my informing parents about this defective document? You see, the volume was turned down. Now, to my shame, I followed their instructions. I should have just had the Catholic Medical Association on. It It was my error. But many of us didn't speak up when speaking out might have prevented the worldwide homosexual crisis in the church that we're facing right now. And so here you have a role of prophets in the early church, and it, this isn't like there was a, you know an expiration date for the need for prophetic witness. Here's what Cardinal Ratzinger said. He wrote a foreword to the book on prophecy. He said, through charisms, God reserves for himself the right to intervene directly in the church, to awaken it, to warn it, promote it, and sanctify it. I believe that this prophetic charismatic history traverses the whole time of the church. It is always there, especially at the most critical times of transition. And what is he saying? This is to keep the church from getting in the situation the church is in. But No, we prefer to keep quiet. And it's interesting, it says in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 5 that fire pours forth from their mouth. And, you know, whether or not these final two witnesses have fire coming out of their mouth, I don't know. But I do know that the gift of prophecy that God has given in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when A prophet speaks God's word. It has power like the power of fire. It says in Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 14, see, I make your words a fire in your mouth. And, you know, you had individual prophets in the Old Testament. And then it comes to the day of Pentecost. St. Peter, quoting Joel chapter 2, says, it'll come to pass afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy what is this talking about well again i'm not trying to separate that the fact that there could be two individuals with a prophetic witness, with the power of God like the fire that came out of Jeremiah's mouth will appear at the end of history. But I also believe that right here, right now, at this moment in history, we need the gift of prophecy. And it's the job of the church. And as St. Peter said in the day of Pentecost, it's now just not individuals. This is a gift to the whole church. We don't want to turn the off button on prophecy in the church. And going a step further— It says in the very first chapter of the book of Revelation, we want to connect chapter 11 with chapter 1. It says this, As for the mystery of the seven golden lampstands. You see, the two witnesses are like two olive trees and two lampstands. This comes from Zechariah chapter 4, where the olive trees are producing a constant stream of oil, a figurative of the Holy Spirit who energizes the gift of prophecy, and the lampstands providing the light of the world from Christ. So again, Revelation 11, Revelation 1. The mystery of the seven golden lampstands, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. The church of Jesus, the Catholic Church is to include a prophetic church. And we we want to make sure that we're living with all that God has given us because When we want to turn things off that maybe certain bishops or cardinals who are covering up abuse don't wanna hear can make life difficult for us, we have a tendency, myself included, to shut up. The day is over. Keep the prophetic voice going. Test the true, reject the false, and listen to the church being awakened and corrected and loved through the gift of prophecy. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 94 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.